Oh my, hello. Oh, well, who is this? Oh, oh, wow. This is the one, the only honey, honey queen, Miss Honey. <gasps> it mm. is. It it's is been Ms. such a honey. long time. Oh. Oh, I'm Ooh. so glad I, I followed those bees because we've missed you on Anchor, Miss Honey. Oh, oh, and I have missed being on the Lulu Island swimming around in fun rainbows all my bee family that's that's what we do here the bees were telling me that Mm. you've just been to see a david bowie or bowie or however you pronounce it exhibition that was in london and then is um now like having a short run in new york and you said it was pretty amazeballs Oh, it was so amazeballs. And yes, the bees are very accurate. I didn't, I didn't know that they were talking about me so much, those little busy bees of mine. Well, you know, I've got the birds, you've got the bees. So, True. you know, let's have I a mean, conversation. it's natural. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, let me tell you, like, like three things. Uh, I thought that I was... Uh, the most unique, well, not really. I just, before going to this exhibit, I thought that my brand of being the type of musician and uh, artist I want to be was not really created yet. And to a degree, it isn't because my ideas are in modern times. However, going to this makes any artist feel insequent. inconsequential yes just like a nothing because (laughs) he because he was destined he like people say that he's an alien and he (laughs) is because let let me just tell you the just the, the one like one of the many thousands of facts i can tell you because this was an exhibit that there's some exhibits you go to museums and you're like, oh, I remember like four things. I remember almost everything. Now, and, tell me, yeah. tell me first, look, just so people have some context. Yes. Um, talk about the, how it was set up with the headphones and the space oh. and all of that. Okay. Yeah. So it's a very new type of exhibit, which is why it was so great. And it was an immersive experience because you get these headphones at the door and then you put them on and then instead of having uh there's usually in a lot of museums you go to different pictures and pieces and you put in a number into the system and then it you know just tells you for that system this exhibit was based off sound censoring and based on your location it would just start playing anything so you and, as you moved through different spaces where the the sound matched the the room it would like mm-hmm. tag your geolocation and change the audio based on your location that's pretty cool how was the tra- transition between like the different audio oh. spaces like was did they oh. do a good job or well, this is why it was really interesting. At first, I was like a little put off because everyone knows, you know, when you're in a museum, they do it chronologically. And it was not chronological at all besides the first room, which when he was a kid, it was literally wherever you wanted to go, it would just like tune in when whatever little station that you were at. There was parts of his career in just the fashion in film, in his creative process as a child. And 
it had a really cool flow because I think with the way society is today with our phones and the ADHD problems, uh, it let you choose what you wanted to hear because in the background, you heard his voice, you heard his music when it was pieces that you, you know, you need to read a little, um, descriptions uh but for i'd say 70 percent of it it was curated and there was audio that matched visual uh visuals like video also just a lot of other things that were in front of you like costumes so you you said that there was a lot of resonance for you personally like uh, when like creatively uh what are some of the highlights for you where you just felt like you know like he gets me or I get him or there is just like I feel such kinship with this person creatively Well the main way is because that how he writes his songs he so what he would do um is he he always believed in change he never wanted to stay the same and the way that he found change was actually through other people he uh for five years before space odyssey came out he was just living in different parts of london experimenting with his look because what i found out was in the 1960s all those bands like the beatles the beach boys everything like that the 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 stage presence they were they were saying was they were trying to they men were wearing makeup which a lot of people don't realize that at that time because they looked so natural but that was the whole point like in the 60s they were trying to make men look natural with makeup whereas bowie was like fuck that i'm gonna do glam rock so that was the Mm. first thing that really resonated with me because like as a non-binary person i like don't like it's not just about wearing heels it's about having a look each day for me that is both genders and it makes me feel comfortable it's, in my own skin yeah it's not about it's not about fitting in it's about it's about decoration Doing what you it's, want. it's about it's about playfulness rather than like like, like the so-called natural look with makeup is about exactly. is about homogeny is about exactly yeah, blending in yeah. building a crowd building like a brand and that makes sense but then oh, when just, she started doing it's it bland though and it, so exactly. bland and when he started doing it, everybody started doing it. But at the same time, uh, Bowie is celebrated. But they, what they do, they don't. But what people don't realize is like Brian Eno, and all these other people, like Dead Can Dance, were all doing this as well. Mm-hmm. But David Bowie got more popular because he was like, you know, an icon. So mm-hmm. that was one thing that resonated with me. The outfits also did because I I didn't really do as much research as I have in the past and I didn't realize how feminine he was when he first came out like it wasn't just, just um the... sorry just a, just a quick technical thing just bring your mouth a little bit further away from the mic you're you're um oh, you're popping yeah Isn't it's all right now? yeah that's much better thank okay. you darling yes please please continue and... so the outfit so did did they have like um some of its outfits on exhibit oh of my course. god and so like tell me about so some of these outfits well, they had some of the Ziggy Sardas outfits. They had some of his, they had some of these outfits. I can't remember the designers' names, but they were really wonderful. Like, like this was the part when he, after he had like done his feminine thing, and it was right before he did like, uh, like he was in his Space Odyssey thing. It was like right after that, like right after he was like 
few ground weeks, control to major tom yes that, after that, that yeah after that it was like around china girl when he started working being more mm-hmm. like swift and suave and he had these suits but they had still pieces of him like the the pants were high waisted or the shoulders were pointed. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he still had. They're still very always... stylized. So yeah. you notice the details in something where he's he's supposedly like got more of a, a straight look, but you can see where he's actually like where he's put his flamboyancy in, mm-hmm. like, and imbued it into the kind of like sort of snuck it in in really in really cool ways. Exactly. And so one another thing that is interesting that people probably don't realize is because artists today are so hands-on with everything that they do because everyone has to be with the way, the way that the music industry is. But he was actually one of the first people ever to be uh, an artist who really had hands-on everything that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, like from the costumes that he chose and the way that they were designed to his makeup mm-hmm. to really anything. And not, and not a lot of people did that, but just relied on their labels or the companies that were investing in them. And oh. he actually built an entire team, like a house, H-A-U-S kind of thing. And they were all, it was like the first time that the, he, like, an artist had like a col- collaborative. Um, wow. create! Oh, wow. Creative collaborative team that would set up and like to keep his like look and his brand and, and, and his mm-hmm. whole, like all of that sort of moving and shaking and following the plan. Wow. That is, that's very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah it's, yeah. it's really so cool. Like, oh my God. And, and then, so another thing that was really resonated with me, his songwriting process. So, mm-hmm. do tell. He, oh, it was so cool. So he, so as I said, he was always about change, and he never wanted to state like keep the same sound, right? And um, so, what he did with with some of the ways he would write lyrics is he would write it all like write sentences on pieces of paper and put them in columns, and then he would cut the column like the page into seven pieces and then he would just like move them around and in like a puzzle and see if he could come up with different lines that would inspire different ideas for them him to then write uh, stories because he said in the beginning that he's like I never wanted to be a singer I had no interest I just like writing stories and I would have been a writer if if I didn't start singing but the thing is when I would write these lyrics it was just music would come naturally and I would I played music because of my older brother who influenced me and then when I would have people perform my songs he's like they wouldn't perform them the way that I heard them in my head so he just said he started naturally doing it so then what ended up happening was first he was doing that like you know very um simple way of cutting up the pieces of paper then mm-hmm. him and Brian Enu um, actually developed this is back in the day when we didn't have our phones and the internet to distract mm-hmm. us but he Brian Enu developed a software very simple that David Bowie would put these like like 10 or 20 sentences into the machine or into the system and then uh, he would press a button and then it would arrange the words just like you with the pieces of paper and would just mission mash. Them. Oh, wow. And it was so, and it was just designed to do that. And the reason why that was, is he's like, so he, he showed an example on what, how it worked. And he, it, it read something like the, the ball, the, the top will always fall. 
And then he said, "This the in, the first thing that made me think of the, when I heard that line was a uh, a boss." the top meaning of boss could fall. And he's like, that just made me think of the depre- the deep depression or uh, the great depression and someone like jumping out of a building. And then that was, that's enough for me to write a song. It's like, this, this is information. The reason why this mm. software works is because it takes me away from everyday thinking that mm. we all mm-hmm. and it creates these ideas that I normally would never. So I was just like, my God, he mm. is just a genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's this t- couple of interesting things about that, like, because uh, the way he recognized, like, needing creative communities and needing to sort of bounce off other people, like, that was really yeah. smart and to create his own little group because that, like, the, the you know, it's it's a myth, the thing of the, the soul genius, like, that doesn't happen um, it always comes out of like a genius period. It's, it's always a group. Um, yeah, it has to be. And like, um, you can have like yeah. a, the original idea, but you have to work off people. <laughs> and um, um, what was the other? Oh, so there was something other, something else interesting that that resonated with me from what you said about Bowie and his stuff. But yeah, it sounds like a fantastic, fantastic exhibition. Thank you for sharing the experience with oh, me okay. and with and with uh, my listeners. And oh, Miss Honey, course, when this, when this. when do we get to enjoy your presence back on Anchor? Nudge nudge. Well, you know what, uh, listeners mm. and Miss Lulu herself, I think because of how life is, when you go through your downs, you go through a lot of ups, you go through a lot of downs. Mm. When you go through your downs, you got to fill yourself and your time with creative projects, and I think that along with the music that I'm creating, well, mm-hmm. what I, what do you think? Do you think, well, do you think it'd be safe for me to just start riffing ideas off on Anchor? I just don't want people to steal them. <laughs> I think what would be best for you would be just to come back and start networking with the people who are here and, and, and play because it's out of that, that play is where I think we get the most, our most um, creative fuel from. That's what I've noticed. Like I got so much joy out of just a little exchange between Trudy and I doing like chicken sounds. And then also Tim, um, Ernesta, who whose name I one day will learn how to pronounce his last name, um, who does sing, sing song Saturday. Like, uh, I mean, every Saturday, you know, people just all kinds of people just call up and sing, you know, like anything from just, you know, just like singing or singing along to something like a, the song in the background to having something really polished or like a whole, like a very wide range but people just like, yeah, um, yeah, do their thing and sing on a Saturday. And uh, like th- that's the kind of thing that I think fuels the rest of your practice and you can keep the stuff that you're do- you're working on private but um this gives you i think the connection with the community gives you a boost that fuels the the creative fires you know and so, like you know just like that idea generating oh that's right it, that's was the other thing was the um when you're talking about the software that they wrote um it reminds yeah. me there's a book called um the a book of surrealist games and it's just a little book but it's all these games that the surrealists create created to basically do a similar thing to what they that software did which was to help just like free up their minds and yeah there's there's um a game called um uh 
exquisite corpse, which is like a way of like uh, you make a you make a sentence. Yeah, well, the first sentence that they got like when they came up with this game was um the exquisite corpse shall drink the new wine, and so it's like broken up into like nouns and verbs and um like so each like word in the sentence and then you fold the piece of paper a certain number of times and you create um yeah you create the sentence that way so <clears throat> it's anyway it's it's a pretty cool game and so and then you can come up with like really interesting sentences some some of them will just be nonsensical but some of them will like be a little bit spooky or will just you know can spark a whole kind of creative bent because it's it's just mushing things together in a random way, but kind of also exactly. drawing from the collective zeitgeist in, in a way, but because it's yeah, that group of people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it creates the, the problem with society today is that people are perfectionists because there's so much competition, which makes sense. And also judge themselves too much. And I think those exercises, whether it's mm. software, this game or yeah. just rewriting, it circumnavigates that. Yeah, allows it to come out, and it also allows you to be like, I don't have to have this be perfect. Because mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I've been realizing in my songwriting lately. Well, well Vol- Voltaire said that perfect is the enemy of good. Yes, Voltaire is a wise man. <laughs> <laughs> So on that note, um, I'm going to wrap up this this interview and say thank you very much, Miss Honey, for... Oh, Lulu Island. Thank you. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad it was good for you too, darling. And... Oh, it's always good for me when you're on the other line. <laughs> oh, listeners. Oh, listeners. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, ground control, ground control to Major Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, darling. Uh, hugs and kisses. Kisses. Bye bye. Good night, listeners. Good night. <laughs> Hello, Vicky from Gypsy Clip By. It's, it's Lily from Lulu Island. How are you? <laughs> I am good, and uh, I was just getting up to go plug in my phone, so I don't know how much battery I have. I am enjoying the afternoon sitting outside. So, what is up with you? Well, I am I am shivering. Like, well, not quite shivering, but I'm cold. It's um, it's what, <laughs> what constitutes cold. Yeah. Uh, okay, I tell you. Well, it's eight twelve a.m. and it's um. 57 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> that's cold. Yeah, no, that's, that's cold. It's, that's cold. I'm cold. I'm yeah, cold. no, that's cold. <laughs> well, and so I'm, but I'm in the front room with my, my lovely lesbian lorikeets on the face, like on the, on my lip a jealous bite from one of my birds because I'm just involved in this like lesbian bird love triangle that I wish to be no part of, but it's just what bird bonding is weird. And they have this thing with Zoe. Zoe is very jealous of, of um, GB and me being close, the other bird being close. So, if, Oh, Hello. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's my battery. Well, like I said, oh. I've I've had phone issues for the last four days, so I, I it, it it probably is still not behaving correctly. But is it winter there? Hello. Hello. How are you, Lulu? I'm pretty good. Uh, you were spitting out about the time before. It is 3.22 in the morning here. It is 10.22 in the morning here. So mm -hmm. you're on the, the other coast. We are. We're in, <laughs> we're in Phoenix, Arizona. Arizona. So, so you're on the left. Are you like up? Or down or in the middle? Oh, hang on. I should bring the mic further up. Are you up or down or in the middle? Um, I guess in the middle. We're close to Mexico. Okay. Uh, Isn't that down? Is Mexico goes down. I suppose it goes up and oh, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not good with geography. I'm. I, I'm a stoner. <laughs> I'm a stoner too. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. I. I even. I am in possession of a volcano. A position of what? I'm sorry. A, a volcano. You know. A volcano. Yeah, you know the vaporizer. It's like the the Rolls Royce of um of vapes. You know, with oh, the yeah, with the oven bags. The big tabletop thing with hoses and whatnots. No, it's not hoses. It's it's like the it was. I think it was like the first, um, like major vape um it's have you seen people smoking out of oven bags oven bags you've never seen the guy there was a, a a really cool uh i don't know i guess it was an oven bag it looked like a big giant um soccer ball i guess for lack of a term it was a big leather bag with a with a spout on it and you attached it to the vape machine and it would vape like a quarter worth of smoke into the bag and you had like just off your bag so oh, it was like wow. i like i like hot? lying in bed is that what you're talking about i like lying no that's not it i like lying in bed with my two like fate bags and just being able to sort of like because i can get like two out of one kind of like um cone i guess it's like it looks like a little um, I don't know. <laughs> what does it look like? The container. I can't think of it. It looks like something that would be set into outer space. Um, and you put your weed in it and then you put it on top and then it heats it up. And, and then, um, yeah, it blows air through it into the oven bag, um, which expands. And um, it's got a special, like, nozzle on the end that, like, when you press down into it, like, you then you can suck the vape through. But, yeah, have you, have you seen... Um, have you seen the show Getting Dug with High? Absolutely. We've seen it a few times. Uh, we saw it on Pluto TV, ha Getting Dug with High. Have you ever seen the one where they do it live on stage with several guests? We've seen a couple of them that have been live. So, um, so you know how they're smoking those bags? You know what they're smoking on stage? Yeah, that's it. They're using a volcano. That's what, okay. Yeah. I'm a so, <laughs> <laughs> so what's your um, implement of choice? Honestly, this, the, 
our favorites really turn out to be rolling joints. Um, oh, and we yeah. got a couple of them. We just broke. We just, we just had to lay another pipe to rest. We broke one last night. <laughs> oh, all right. That's on my shopping list for today. But yeah, the, these little pipes that we get, they're maybe three to five, six dollars a piece. That's not bad. It's really good. Pipes go, are handy. I did have one at the moment. Go. So what are you doing awake at 3.00 in the morning? Oh, <laughs> talking to you. And, and about to, I'm actually about to roll a joint myself. Um, because we that's have what I feel a like. Friend, we have a friend in Arizona that... Um, recently bought this really expensive rig to make butter and make pictures and right. she her first batch of gummies they weren't bears because she couldn't find the molds but they were like you know gummy squares and you yeah. realized well she realized a little too late because she had test gummies and the recipe said you're gonna put you know you're gonna get your tincture and you're gonna put your tincture in you're gonna do this and you and after the fact she realized that in the fine print, it said one cup of tincture, one cup of 500 milligram tincture, and she put three cups of 500 milligram. We have really oh, strong. Oh my God. And everybody's like, she's like, well, next batch is going to be, you know, different because I should have been able to get way more out of it. And everybody that she's sold them to and given them to, we're like, no, please make that mistake again. These are awesome. <laughs> I don't like getting too high, though. I mean, I don't like. Um... What do you call it? I call it um, greening out. I've heard you guys say whiting out. Did you see the episode on um, getting dug with high where Jack Black completely, um, like, he, yeah, he was not good. <laughs> I need to now. No, I've never seen that one. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. He, he just, yeah, because he sort of did it mainly out of a favor to Doug because he kept seeing him at parties and, Say, oh yeah, yeah, I'll come on the show, come and just. But he's not actually not really a huge stoner, <laughs> and um, has been through periods with it. But but right, but at the time he wasn't really very much, and so he was. It was not. Good. It didn't look like it was a fun trip for him, and that's happened to me. I think really badly only once, and that was because I got drunk first. So I learned that yeah. lesson: never get drunk and then stoned. But um, not that, although I smoke so much now, I doubt it would really, it probably wouldn't affect me too much. But I don't like getting so high where I feel, I don't know, like just icky or like just it's too much. I'm kind of a, I'm like that with drinking too. Um, I'm not, I don't like getting really plastered. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd enjoy, I mean, it depends. What's it like? Like when you take the... I mean, the... the, the the effects of ingesting THC and smoking it, you have different receptors for different means. It's, it's a completely different experience. I mean, I've eaten um, it. I've made my own cookies and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, they're not that concentrated as like a, you know, like that sounds like it's an intense experience, like a lot more than what I get out of. I mean, I get pretty baked on the cookies, but like not like... You know, I suppose I've been staring into space a lot more than what I normally would. <laughs> Apart from right. that, it's not like... 
can hear the yeah. background. <laughs> you can hear the background of me like getting um all my yeah. Mm. Mm. I'll turn on my air filter as well. What? Um, Foxy Lady's here with me, and she Ooh, uh. Foxy Lady. Hello, darling. She, hey there. She said that she she well you can talk. <laughs> yeah. I like to use the the edibles for pain. It helps with the pain a lot more than. Oh yeah, I if it weren't for weed, I just would have been in so much trouble because I you know I'm disabled. I've got like um back issues and nervous system issues, and um, if I hadn't been a stoner and I just had the endone, um like the morphine. Um, my body would be so messed up right now. Yeah, I know. I know what I don't what kind of pain are you dealing with? What kind of what? What kind of what kind of pain are you dealing with, Foxy Lady? Uh, Tammy, chronic pain from uh, spinal issues, nervous system issues, and muscle issues. Oh, same as me. Yeah, I have a lot of. Do you have Mobile. an inciting ish, um, incident? Like, did you have an accident or? Um, I've I've had a, I've been in a lot of car accidents when I was little. I think that helped a little bit. And then I've I've oh, always yeah. did I've always did a lot of hard work, and I've always played really hard. I'm, I I was never one of those girly girls that went to the mall and went shopping. I was one that was out in the ball fields running or, you know, climbing mountains or climbing trees or something. I was doing all that crazy. Oh, so your spine's been through it. Yeah. Yeah. That probably the accidents when you were a kid, because that's what mine's from, it's from falling off a bike and landing on my teeth, my two front teeth. Ouch. When, yeah, when I was about, um, uh, how old was I, like five, and it did damage to my spine, but they didn't realise. And so it just, and then an unfortunate time massage and other stuff, life stress stuff also intersects with it and did you find did that happen with you as well did you have like a stressful event that um fucked you up um i don't know i i don't know i i, I don't think so okay i'm just curious like so the pain just started and then started getting worse and worse yeah well i've been dealing with it for about 25 years Oh, wow. How old are you? 46. Oh, twinsies. I'm 45. I'm going to be 46 in September. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm September 9th. Oh, there you go. I'm not going to say what date I am. <laughs> I'm too paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> we already know who you are, so. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, so... Oh, it's not the age. Oh, it's about people having my actual birth date. You know, on the Talk interwebs. <laughs> yeah, a little bit paranoid. But um, so, how are you guys enjoying Anchor? Getting a little addicted. Getting <laughs> a little. <laughs> how how long's it been now? We've been on Anchor about two months and a week, and we kind of got into the conversation with Dewan that. Uh, I, we were listening to the fried Oreo, fried Oreo a lot when we started. And, I mean, we still do, but 
he he kept making references to Anchor One and to Anchor Two, and we started to you know meet other people and and see how long they had been here. And we actually responded to an ad, and we Googled where sh- where can we host a podcast. Like we specifically set out to oh. make stumbled across Anchor. So I kind of had that conversation with him. Like I think you should you should do a new episode and, and gear it towards the person who just downloaded this app specifically for a podcast because i don't think i i think there's a lot of shows that aren't really are are they shows (laughs) (laughs) i enjoy listening to everybody and see what everybody's doing well i have i I, i've been uh on anchor for about 15 months or something now so i've got tips you want some tips ask me things absolutely (laughs) what do you want to know um what I don't know yet. <laughs> so, you don't, so you don't know what you don't know? I, 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 every day I'm coming across <laughs> so, things. Like... So are you talking technical things? Are you talking about how to hustle on Anchor, how to find new listeners? Definitely. Yeah? Okay. So, well, it's different on Anchor 3 to Anchor 2. I used to hustle a lot on Anchor 2. Um, and it's a bit like dating, you know? So... Mm-hmm. Um, you go and you listen to someone's station and then you um, send them a thoughtful call in. Um, and um, if someone favorites you, go and listen to their station and especially send them a thoughtful call in. Send them something creative. Send them something that breaks up the flow of their probably just talking into a microphone and, um, and draws their audience's attention back in and you're doing them a, a solid um or um you know yeah uh just engage with them listen to what they've said and respond to the things that they've said um and then people be like oh aren't they nice let's go and listen to what they're doing um featuring like what you're already doing featuring other stations on your station so you're like becoming a bit of a hub a community um yourself and really that's all through the um the call-ins is a really great way to do that once again. And also um, the um, uh, choosing a subject and doing the 15-minute thing because then you both, like, you all get to own that content, whereas with this, only I get to own this. I mean, I give you permission, I'll say it now, I give you permission to take it, use it, you know, whatever you like, do whatever you like with it. But um, I get, Anchor gives me the version. So, um, we did, uh, we did an episode where me and Patrick from, we live on a planet did what we're doing right now. I I think it's episode on, on, Mm -hmm. yeah, it it was a lot of fun and and it was like, we were going to keep going. I don't know what was going on that day. Oh yeah. It can be glitchy. Yeah. It drops out. The call quality sucked. (laughs) We had a lot that up so that I can publish it yeah you do you're, you're um, I don't know what your internet is like or this is just a bad like it, it's hard to know whether it's you or anchor or or what or it's your device or it can be lots of things yeah I've had 18 crash reports in one week from anchor but it was like all right, Anchor, you're starting to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even get me 
started because I've been through all the glitches. But, um, yeah, so that's um, how you um, effectively hustle for new listeners. Um, what else? What else you got? Got any other questions? Mm. I got answers. Mm. What's you your favourite? I got answers. What's your favourite part of Anchor? This. Communicating. Yeah, connecting with people that I wouldn't get to connect with otherwise in a real and genuine way. Uh, no one's got any agenda. We're just here. And some people will listen to this later and they'll get a kick out of it. And if they, you know, if they're not into it, they'll just swipe to something else. So, you know, we're not bothering anybody. Um, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I, 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 I like being able to and talk to people across the world. Oh, yeah, right? It's amazing to me. I'm like, wow, I know somebody in Australia now. <laughs> I well, know somebody. I've, got, I've got friends on WhatsApp now that aren't on Anchor anymore. I've got a friend in Ireland. I've got a couple of friends on the African continent. I've got, um, oh, who else? <laughs> yeah, people that I yeah connect with still around the world that I met on Anchor. So... Yeah, it's a very special place. It's magical. It's weird. Even though they <laughs> even though they've kind of done a lot of things to destroy the community um, in the past, but then new communities arise, you know, like it's 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 still there's still a community here. It's just like and it and it grows and it becomes its own thing with new people like you guys coming with a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm. Like you're here you're not carrying all the baggage of the social networking stuff that came before you're here specifically because I mean, are you guys into podcasts? Cause that's what the thing that drives me crazy about anchor is, is I, I'm actually a huge podcast nerd and I never hear, I pe- hear people that talking about monetizing podcasts and blah, 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 and doing podcasts, but I don't hear anybody talking about podcasts that they like, like, and what they like about it or discussing, you know, I think that would be something that would be cool if um, to have here is to to have like a podca- podcast report, podcast reviews, you know. And then then also we can get better by having things to aspire to by listening to what the people who've been actually doing it professionally or semi-professionally are doing. That would be a good thing for you to start doing is podcast reviews. Yeah. Start a whole, start a whole new um, uh, anchor show about it. Uh, I have, I have, um, I have other, I have other anchor chores, not chores, but like I, I need to practice my ukulele more. But it would be good. Podcast reviews would be good. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is awesome. If you've never heard of that, the what? Judge John Hodgman. Again. Judge is in like a you know magistrate judge whatever. Um, yeah. And and John, um, Hodgman. John. Hodgman, you remember those Apple PC ads? With uh, I'm an Apple and I'm a PC. Oh yeah. Remember those, yeah. So mm-hmm. the PC dude, his name's John Hodgman. He ended up doing a heap of stuff on the on the Daily Show um, with John Stewart, and mm-hmm. then um, yeah, he's done a ton of other stuff. But um, he has this awesome podcast, which is a fake internet court, and he settles uh, real disputes. Uh, between people so people write in with a dispute and then the litigants come in and yeah it's hilarious and awesome and he's got an amazing moral compass and he he 
talks about why he comes to his conclusion and it's it's really good it's really funny it's, can be quite heartwarming is that a part a podcast yeah it's on the maximum fun podcast network which is a whole other thing as well to discuss is the whole thing i didn't hear anyone talking about podcast networks i mean anchor would be a great place for a podcast network you know like which is a a uh you know what that is like a collection like nerdist is a podcast network um yeah. uh-huh. and um feral audio rest in peace um which is now sort of morphed into starburns audio um and then maximum fun which is what the yeah and then there's the video podcasting network um there's yeah so um, i i i'm uh, and live 365 oh i haven't heard of that one i well live 365 was the first one i i actually work for a guy that is is big huge radio guy and uh he's he likes to try and give me little anecdotes what i should be doing where i should be hosting it and uh he wanted me to go to live 365 but they wanted you to pay so much money a, a month or a year to, to host them i'm yeah. like ooh, i don't know i mean it sounded like a really cool and then you got to wait for them to put it up i think anchor is going to kill the podcast networks i i love it i think it's giving well, the power to i mean you but you pay in quality because like they do curate their stuff they do like have a <clears throat> kind of you know threshold minimum threshold for um you know i mean then again once i think though it does tend to be um can then the flip side of that is then it gets homogenized you know and then you don't get the fresh voices coming through and you don't get people who aren't in a lucky position to be able to get into a bigger distribution network than what they have access to and all that kind of stuff so it does you know it's yeah six of one half a dozen of the other <laughs> well i, I mean, know we've just started to, to toy around with the fact that we don't have to record on anchor and um we still record we found we both have Samsung phones and there's a Samsung audio recorder that the on your phone and do the wavelength and, and you can raise or lower the volume it sounds so much crisper than recording and i have no idea why but we started oh you know about you know anchor is mono that, is that what it is Not probably yeah. that's probably what it is but yeah See, um, I have all the answers. You have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> Madam Lulu. You want to come to me with your anchor queries. <laughs> <laughs> Do you and condensation live in the same area? No, we live very far away and I caught a train and every, every a lot of people miss this because it happened at the same time that Anchor, and I've bitched about this a lot, when Anchor went from B2 to B3, so I was catching a 16-hour a train ride down and then another two-hour commute on top of that, like to go see, to meet Trudy. We met on Anchor and I caught the train down and I, I stayed near where she was. I did spend some time, a few nights, over at um, her house, and I was there every day, and we did recordings. And 
stuff together and yeah so that's oh, awesome. but, yeah we live far far away to drive to drive from my place to her place would take a good 12 hours wow <coughs> that's a that's kind of a journey huh <laughs> yeah it was a big it was a big trip um the phrase was coined um i was adorable the explorer which i was like yeah i'll i'll take that um <laughs> I, I i had one of those nano trolleys you know the ones with the handle and the like the bag on it that people take to like markets and stuff like that yeah like i had that with my ukulele in it and my clothes kind of packed around it <laughs> and um yeah so um yeah it was great it was it was so no we don't we don't live in the same place but um we, we've, we've become very good friends. We talk every day, pretty much. No, not pretty much. Yeah, I think every day. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, that's been pretty awesome as well, like making that connection. She's such, like, she's such an incredible musician. Like, I, 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 I've only been, I'm a baby musician. I picked, I started playing my ukulele christmas 2015 and i was still confined to bed at that stage so it was the only exercise i could get so i was using it to rehabilitate and i learned to play the uke lying on my back oh wow do you guys do music well i i a couple times and um i had some bad strings they kept it kept going out of tune so i stopped playing <laughs> that happens the struggle is real. I, I my hands are too small, I think. But Trudy's hands are even smaller, and she she still manages she manages to do it. That woman's got discipline, because um like we're both pretty short. We're I think we're the same height, five foot two, and um, yeah. But she's got even tinier hands than me, than mine. It's really weird. But I don't know how she's got a baby maiden, so it's like a maiden guitar, but smaller. And um, yeah, but it's got a big crack in it. And so it goes out of tune really easily. So she gets frustrated and doesn't play the guitar much anymore. Well, you learn how to play one when it's all out of tune because you get used to hearing it out of tune. And then when it's right, yeah. it's like, that don't sound right. <laughs> I need yeah. it to be out of tune so I can make it sound the way I learned how to make it sound. <laughs> well, that's why you have an electric tuner. I don't, I don't fuck around with trying to tune stuff like yeah. I go straight to the electric tuner, the vibration ones. Nowadays, they have pretty cool tuners that you can, uh, apps on your phone that you can use. Oh, yeah. When I can't find my actual tuner, I use those. <laughs> but, yeah, it's well, we, awesome. We, we, we like to get out and, and sing karaoke when we can. Oh, cool. Okay. I'll awesome. get out there and rap. I'll, I'll sing rock and roll. I'll do a country song. I'll just blow people's minds. <laughs> do, you, do you do stuff? Oh, so you, oh, that's why you were saying you're disappointed you missed out on Sing Song Saturday. Yeah. Well, we got to talking about it. What time is it? Is it yesterday there? Is it tomorrow there? And we looked it up and <laughs> oh, man, I missed yeah. it by like hours. <laughs> that, that's how, because I know everything. It's because I'm in the future. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> So I think the audio 
Once again, I say, <laughs> Madam Lulu, come to me with your anchor queries. <laughs> right? Look out for later. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right, you guys. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you yes. very much. Uh, thank you for calling. Oh, my God. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to add you to my podcast. With, I've had a few chats lately. I've got the first ones with um, my friend in New York who's talking about uh, a David Bowie exhibition that um, that she went to. And then um, then me and Gypsy Clipper crap on for a long time, like 70 minutes or something, uh, just about all kinds of stuff. And... Um, yeah, and so I'm going to add you guys as well. So my, um, I can't remember, it's chats or something like that. Big chats is the name of the episode. Right on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we really like the one you did with 421. Uh, we oh, actually cool. got married on 421. That was our, 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 met, our wedding anniversary. Oh, that's, so, that's soups of dogs. We tried to get married on 420, but it just wasn't happening. There was everybody had something going on on 420. Even my daughter had something going on on 420. I'm like, what? <laughs> all right, fine. We'll get married on 421. <laughs> I like how he says, you know, um, that it's that's when you know that's when it's happened or something like you know like 420. It's about to happen, but 421. You know, <laughs> life happens when you make other plans, right? <laughs> In. Indeed, indeed. Foxing lady. <laughs> All right, stay beautiful. You too, you darling. Too, darling. <laughs> bye for now. Bye bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.